Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Pearls of Wisdom podcast by Cold Tea Collective. This episode is supported by Dove and Refinery29 for a special content series called Self-Service. This series celebrates the diversity of girls and women, spotlights the unique ways they embrace their appearance, shatter beauty stereotypes, and invest in their self-esteem. In this episode, you'll hear from Suman and her mom, Serbjeet, as they talk about their experiences with body confidence and self-esteem. You'll also learn different perspectives and the origins of the concept of beauty, how that translates into how we carry ourselves in the world, and how much family and culture influence our experience with confidence and self-esteem. To check out more content from this series, go to coldteacollective.com slash self-service. Thank you so much for doing this interview with us. Uh, it's not even my podcast. My <laughs> Natasha's going to laugh when she listens to this. Um, okay, so mom, what was considered beautiful in your household while you were growing up? While I was growing up, uh, there was no emphasis on beauty in my home. Mm. Um, so my concepts of beauty came from my extended family, from school, and from from uh, media, like television. So television was big. We like I remember getting our first color TV, and mm. and so that was big. What did like what what did the people who were setting those beauty standards look like to you? Like what did they look like? Uh, to be quite frank, they were shorter than me and they were thinner than me. <laughs> shorter. <laughs> shorter and thinner. And that's okay. They, they're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a very different body type than most of my family. So my extended family and um, even in kindergarten, I was the tallest. Uh, there were two Serbjeets in my kindergarten. I was, uh, believe it or not. There were two Serbjeets? Yes. And spelt exactly the same. And she was very petite. And so I got labeled the big Serbjeet. And not mm. because I was big, but because I was taller than her. Um, so, you know, at a young age, I learned that I was a little bit different. And that's how people would differentiate me from other, other um, girls sometimes. Mm. So growing up, like, what were some of the self-esteem issues that you feel like that you struggled with? And then in comparison to that, what has helped you build a positive body image for yourself? First, I guess mostly it was just being the different body type out of my whole family and then being a different body type than I would see in media. So that was, I didn't see myself anywhere. Mm. Um, And what helped me actually come out of that was seeing myself everywhere, like seeing myself in media, seeing myself just on the street. When I moved to Vancouver, it was like such an eye-opener because... Um, there's just so much diversity here, not just body types, but ethnicities. And, and so that, that really helped me um, embrace my, my body image. How old were better. you when you first saw yourself? Um, like how you just said, oh, when I started seeing other people who look like me, like how old were you when that happened? Um, it's still happening, to be quite honest. So it's been a long road. Um, yeah, it's been a really long road. I remember when I went to India just a few years ago, it was interesting to see on their media with their soap operas and just their commercials and everything in India that women are, they're all body types. Mm-hmm. And so that was really interesting. I mean, they have their own issues with their media there too. Everybody does, I feel. But that helped me a lot to accept myself more and to be able to see myself in media. Mm-hmm. How old were you? 
Uh, that was, I just went to India when I was 47, 46, 47. So wow. it's still happening. Um, so the work that media is doing to, to get different images out there is, is really important and it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. How have your insecurities in the past shaped who you are today? I still have that self-talk about, I mean, I'm working on it, but I should, you know, um, slim down. Or I remember when I went to buy my last um, Indian outfit at an Indian store and I was just all, I mean, I was acting like my weird self, but I was just like, oh, you probably don't have anything in my size. And and the clerk was looking at me like, no, we have lots of stuff in your size. And, you know, you're, what are you talking about? And that's the other difference is now I can go to the stores and buy what I love at a lot of different stores. Whereas before I was really, you know, I'm kind of, I was on the edge of being able to shop in the, what I would call a regular store and then going to a specialty store. Mm -hmm. So now I don't go to the specialty stores anymore because I can get whatever I want at most regular stores and lots of, lots of options now. Interesting use of word regular. Yeah, regular. So what's What does regular mean to you? Regular means somebody that is, for me, means somebody that is probably considered a size of 14 or less or 12 or less. It's a number, Mm. um, which I don't like. That's not, I don't like hearing myself talk about that right now that way, but that would be regular. That's so hard to have considered yourself not regular for most of your life, like you're saying, almost 47 years. That's crazy. It is. It is. It's not good. It's not good. It's It's not not good. good. (laughs) You're such a nerd. I'm such a nerd. I'm a total square. (laughs) (laughs) What would you tell a younger version of yourself who is struggling with body confidence and self-esteem? How would you coach that person? I would say to that person, love your body at all points of your life because your body will likely never stay the same. Mm. You have a different body when you're younger because you're younger and you're growing. And then you have a a body when you're, you know, a different body image when you're not image, but a different, literally a different body type when you're a young adult. And then as you go older, it changes. And instead of being mad at yourself for not being able to stay the same, or trying to morph into what you think you need to be, just really embrace and love it. And the one thing, I mean, I even tell you all the time is like, don't take good care of yourself. Like, you know, you, you're such a good example for me, actually. You've really inspired me with, you know, how you play around with the food that you eat and you experiment uh, what's healthy for you. Um, and you, you change up your exercise routine, you do different things. And I'm learning from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to be so rigid with yourself. Don't be mean to yourself, be kind. So do you feel like since you've started to be kinder to your body, even in the way that you, like, speak to it, has that caused transformation for you? It has. Um, And it's an ongoing um, process, though. So I still have a ways to go with that, Hmm. which is kind of sad because I turned 50 this year. So I wish I was a little more ahead of it. But it is what it is. And it's your journey. It's your journey. And I find that you know, your generation um, is teaching me a lot about that. And other women teach me a lot about that. We have to teach each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. What would you tell 
What advice do you have for young women who want to learn to love themselves and their bodies? Oh, that's a good one. I guess that I think that there's more to loving yourself than just your body. It's loving your story. It's loving who you are. It's accepting who you are, where you've been, what you've been through. It's allowing yourself to explore, have new experiences, and just knowing that you're going to take your body with you and to treat it with love. Um, you know, allow yourself, don't be so rigid with your body. Don't be so mean to your body. Be kind. Again, the kindness goes a long way. And, you know, have fun with your body. Like, I mean, dress it up the way you want to. Be creative. Yeah, that's a really loaded question. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. But a lot, there's a lot more to loving your body than it's, it's so, like, you have to love yourself first. Mm -hmm. um, your heart, your mind, your soul, all of it. So you're saying you to love your body is to also love everything that's inside of it. Yeah, and what it does for you. I mean, I've had moments in my life where I haven't been able to walk properly because um, I had a bout with uh, arthritis very young. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate the fact that my body can move, get out of bed without pain. Um, I'm mobile, and I appreciate it. Mm, that's like a different level of respect and like, appreciation like true appreciation because yeah. you've also experienced not having it work yes it, it totally shut down at one point and I know a lot of people have experienced this yeah um, and it really gives you a new appreciation and quite frankly I remember the women around me because I was young when that happened I was 29 mm -hmm. and I'm lucky I had great doctors and I got back on my feet really quick but man even my friends who were around me they were like they were they were touched and they were grateful for the fact that they could move. Mm. Um, so it did, it did affect a lot of people and their appreciation for their own bodies. Yeah, I feel like I've actually just recently gone through that, like the, the physical of my body, of like just seeing other people not have access to full use of their body has made me be like, yo, my body works. Mm -hmm. But my body doesn't just work, it like ex excels. Yep. And so it's just like, why would I spend so much time hating something that is literally doing everything for me? The yep. only way I can do anything else is because this thing works. That's right. Your body, your organism goes everywhere with you. Yeah. And it allows you to get in the car and coordinate a car and drive to where you want to go to. Mm -hmm. It allows you to do a lot of things. So appreciate it. What are you still learning about self-esteem and body confidence? Like, are there external, internal factors that still impact your self-esteem? Uh, not as much, no. Um, there's things that I think I got too rigid um, with my body, and, and so I'm letting go of that. It's that rigidness of, well, you know, I'm not going to buy an outfit until I lose that 20 pounds, and that's just that. And now it's just like, you know, just go buy it. It's such a fun outfit. Just go, Yo, go enjoy it. I used to be like that too, though. <laughs> I would never, like, oh, I'd, I'd rather get that dress when I'm, like, skinnier. And I was just like, no, like, I love that dress. I yeah. want to get that dress, and I'll get it in the version that looks the best on my body the way it is now. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's the next thing I'm, that's what I'm working on right now. Word. What does confidence mean to you? Confidence to me means you have your own back that you recognize if you've misstepped, that you're willing to apologize and you're willing to make corrections in your outlook, in your behavior, in your philosophies, beliefs, um, and that you're 
able and willing to put the best you out there at all times. Mm. I love that. How often did you speak with your mother, daughter, well, with your mother regarding body confidence and insecurities? I feel like we talked about body confidence quite a bit, but I feel like that conversation transcended over time because when I was younger, I mean, I remember the point when I started gaining weight and that was like now like having done so much healing and like noticing like, okay, that's why I stopped going swimming or that's why I started hiding in photos or the way I would touch my shirt um, so that I feel like it wouldn't touch my body. I feel like the conversations that we had at that time were more like, um, they weren't like, oh, love your body. They were just like, like, okay, let's go. Like, you look good. You look fine. That's a nice dress, whatever. And it was very surface level versus now when we communicate about it, it's just like, it's more like you sit me down. And if I'm having a moment of um, where I'm not loving my body, I feel like you realign me with the understanding that like my body is my vessel and my vessel goes everywhere with me. So to speak to that vessel with kindness, because I mean, you truly taught me that lesson. Otherwise, I don't think I would have even have gotten to the where I am with my body today um, if I hadn't had that like that depth added to that. You know what I mean? That's really interesting that you say that because I've always thought of you as extremely beautiful. Yeah, and it's because you're my mom. Perfect body. I know, and you always say that, and you're like, Mom, no, I was heavy. And it's like, no, I never saw it. And then, but, but you're beautiful. You know it. Thanks, you. Okay, next question. Has your mother's opinion of you shaped yourself esteem in a positive or negative way okay I think that your opinion of me at first I feel like um I'll be really honest with uh, you yes because yes, of, of course <laughs> just figures <laughs> oh yes of course <laughs> I like to take over conversations <laughs> have you noticed <laughs> anyways I'm your daughter not like a rando um <laughs> I think that the way that you communicated about my body to me was like when I was younger, I felt like you almost dismissed the fact that I didn't feel strong or safe or beautiful in my body and just said like covered it. Well, I think you're beautiful. Well, that's great. But I do have a health issue at this moment. I do have a nutrition issue. Like I am overweight. Um, And it wasn't like maybe at that point, I only had the mentality to look at it from a vanity standpoint. But It was a point where I was like, I was communicating like, yo, I'm not happy with the way I look. And like, there was no solution. And I think now knowing myself better, I'm a problem solver. So it's like, if you were more like, um, obviously you can't tell you how to be, but if you were like, oh, like, why don't we go go for a walk every day? Or why don't we go back to swimming? Or why don't we, um, why don't I get you a gym membership? Something like a do action. I think that that I would have maybe gotten to this place a little bit faster. But growing up, I realized that like you always just wanted me to know that like I was beautiful in regardless of what phase I was in in my body. Like, you know what I mean? Even when I was young and I was an Indian kid and I had hair all over my face or I just like that awkward time of like, oh, I got my eyebrows done for the first time. And then I felt so insecure because people were like, oh, you're getting your eyebrows done now and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, 
almost like I felt ashamed for like becoming a woman or like the first time I wore makeup, I got laughed at by my aunt because I had eyeliner on. And then I remember you were like, don't worry, like you look beautiful with or without the eyeliner. Your grandma used to put eyeliner on you when you were a baby all the time. And you you just made me feel normal for like wanting to experiment with makeup and everything like that. And it's just like, I remember that helped me out a lot because I felt almost shameful for putting makeup on or cleaning up my eyebrows or like wanting, like I loved doing my hair and like stuff like that. Like just like having fun with my look. And then I feel like for a little while I, I got very like square with it because I didn't want to be seen because um, I didn't want to be out of the ordinary versus like now I'm not like that, you know? No. And I think that your impact of being like, even if you had green hair and it was a pixie cut and it looked like completely horrible on you, you'd still be like, well, at that moment you wanted that and that made you feel beautiful. And like, I know that. Yeah. My take on hair is it'll grow back. Yeah. <laughs> it'll grow back. Um, it's fun to experiment. And at that point in your life, you know, I'm not a doer. So. <laughs> I've learned the doing from you. Yeah. <laughs> You've taught me probably more than I've taught you. So, <laughs> so just setting things straight there. Yeah. But thank you for your honesty. I appreciate it. Um, has this affected your relationship with your mother? I think at the beginning, maybe. At the beginning, maybe when I needed guidance on, like, how to actually maneuver, like, becoming a woman and, like, coming into my own skin and all that. But... Not anymore because I feel like I've, one, see you as a human being now. And two, you're, that was your level of consciousness at that point. So it's just like now I kind of know that like yeah, maybe you didn't really know how to have that conversation. We're so opposite. Um, I'm the tomboy yeah. and you're a girly girl. Yeah. Like you are. I'm so um, impressed with how you put yourself together and you always walk out of the house looking beautiful. No yeah. matter what. And I walk out of the house, it's like, uh, you never know what I'm going to look like. So, <laughs> Trust me, I know. Okay, next question. Um, discuss the difference between growing up without social media versus growing up in the age of social media. How did this impact your confidence and self-esteem? Do you notice any differences and or similarities? Growing up without social media, for me, I mean, I got to only really see... I saw beauty in such, a, such an interesting way. Like, being a part of a cultural family where you have one parent who's very uh, rooted in their Canadian um, identity and then one parent who's very rooted in their ethnic identity, uh, cultural identity. It's like... Um, you see both extremes. So like everything that I would see on India media was very light skin, tall, skinny. Um, the only people who had weight were like the grandmas and the aunties. And like, it was very like untouchable beauty. Like that was what was like presented there. And then in, in Canadian media, American media, all I saw, cause remember everything I'm seeing is just on TV at this point mm -hmm. or in a magazine. And so in all of those things and those mediums, I'm seeing uh, same thing, really tall, really light skin, blonde hair, super thin eyebrows, super thin. And it was just like when I was growing up, that's like when like double zero models were like the norm, right? Mm -hmm. And the industry has come so far, but 
did that impact the way I looked at myself? Yeah, because then I would start to look at the people who I, I saw in school. And if they were Caucasian and they were thin and they were tall and blonde, it wasn't even like if they were that standard of beauty what I think, oh, she's beautiful. It was just because they had all those things that I always saw um, that, oh, she's beautiful and I'm not. And then it was like, you're always seeing these people and then you're always telling yourself, well, I'm not beautiful, I'm not beautiful, I'm not beautiful. And then with the added pressure of, not I don't want to say pressure, but the added element of social media, like social media didn't truly blow up until I was in the 10th grade. And that was when everyone was kind of just posting about themselves. It wasn't so brand focused. And then when brands really started to utilize those mediums, I saw actually the people around me truly get impacted by it. But the thing that really impacted me was at that point of intersection was when I was starting to love myself and love my body. And then I was working with youth and I saw the way that they were handling it. They were like 14 years old and they wanted to have a filter over their face for any any um, picture that was released because that filter would make their nose look skinnier, their skin look lighter. And it made me so sad and it was almost like I'd never been a big sister to a little girl before. Mm -hmm. Being in that big sister role, it almost made me like myself more because I was I saw myself in this little young thing who had so much life in their body and they were beautiful and I was just like, but you're going to let that take over your energy? You're going to let that take over your identity? No, we're not going to do that. You're not going to go and download Facetune. Uh, so you're not going to go and download apps that change the way that you look. You're not going to put yourself in a position where you don't see your unique beauty. And just, I, I feel like there needs to be an understanding. What social media has truly taught me about beauty is that just like everything, there's a, an algorithm for everything, right? Same way that there's an algorithm to get your brand out there popping on online, there's an algorithm for your face to be that like universal beauty. It's symmetry, right? It's biology. It's the way that our eyes see that and like are, are and feel delighted to look at something like that. And it's not people's problem if they do fit that symmetry and it's not people's problem if they don't fit that symmetry, right? At that point, it's just like, both of those people are beautiful and learning that like your beauty doesn't take away from my beauty my beauty doesn't take away from your beauty and so I actually find that like social media brought up all those problems social media brought up all those insecurities but the cool thing is is if it brings up that insecurity it also gives you the opportunity to tackle that within yourself and then that's so cool imagine like what the next generation is going to be like where then they have these empowered uh, parents who are going to be able to empower their children to be able to have an even more empowered generation. That's right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about all that? Prior to social media, there were the decision makers who decided who was on TV, who was in the media, mm -hmm. were sitting in some corporate office. Mm -hmm. With social media, anybody can be on social media. Yeah. And that's what I love because now society... You have to be careful. There's obviously a lot of issues that have come along with social media, but you have so much more at your fingertips. You have so much more diversity. You have people making their own films, mm -hmm. people making their own music who can release it on their own channel. Mm -hmm. And that is a, is a huge bonus to society who isn't being fed 
Um, so I grew up in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So I grew up at a time, I grew up when videos came out, okay? Mm-hmm. When music videos just started coming out. And that was really exciting. But also the music itself, um, there were people who would, who would not get played because they weren't beautiful enough. Yeah. They weren't thin enough. But they had phenomenal voices, mm-hmm. phenomenal voices. And that was a loss for my generation, I feel. And that's what social media has done now, is they've, they've evened out the playing field because anything can be put on social media. And you can, I mean, the funny thing is I was going through something the other day and I felt like I was, I don't know if you've ever heard of the gong show. Mm-hmm. It's a show way back in the day, in mm-hmm. the 70s, I think. So if people didn't like your talent, they would just bang this big gong and you'd be gone. And I just kept flipping through stuff because I gave it a few minutes and it's like, no, I'm not feeling this. And I would just keep going through it. And you have that option now Mm. and you get to find what you like. I mean, it's a little annoying that, you know, what I don't like about it is you, you'll look something up and then all of a sudden, next time you go back to your feed, there's like 20 things the same. And it's (laughs) like, (laughs) I actually didn't like this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the algorithm mom. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting because I feel like social, that, that, that's the thing about social media is it's given people who wouldn't normally have a platform a platform. It's even it's given you and I the opportunity to sit here and have this conversation and talk about beauty when um, in, quote unquote, the old world, this would never be done. No, we would, would never be, be considered beautiful enough to even have this conversation. No, we wouldn't. We would never have have the opportunity to do this, and no one would have the opportunity to listen to this if they wanted to. Yeah, um, which I think is a huge disservice because I learn a lot from. I hear and see all three of my children tuning into things that interest them, mm-hmm. and everybody's different, you know. And I like that. I think that more people can tune into whatever they're interested in at the moment, not waiting for somebody in an office, you know, at a high level, trying to figure out what people will buy or consume. Mm-hmm. So I, I like that a lot. All right, next question. More so than ever, young girls and women are constantly bombarded with daily reminders of beauty through social media apps. What are your thoughts on social media and the role in self-esteem among young women? Mm, the role again. Oh, so I feel like social media and beauty for young women has, I, I want to say it's actually been really positive because I feel like it's been so expressive for people. And, and this might be because I'm a creator and then like I see all these creatives and whatnot. And I do understand that there is the two sides to it. So we can talk on both. But like, I feel like in beauty wise, it's given women like my friends with hijabs and like just looking and doing their makeup and teaching other girls how to do their makeup. Like if I, when I was figuring out, like you weren't in a position to be able to, you don't even wear makeup, right? So it's like, I'm a tomboy. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So so. it's like when I was trying to figure out how do I do my makeup? Like, (laughs) you know, and I wasn't, like I went to Mac. I remember one day I went to go and get my makeup done by a a makeup professional. And then they had done um, my makeup, but they had done full glam. And I was like, I looked so scary to myself because I never see myself with makeup, let alone full glam, right? Right. And so I was trying to learn how to do my makeup. And so you have to understand, I have big eyes, I have a nose, I have um, 
caramel skin. Like I have different sized lips. Like my cheeks, my face shape is different than what you normally would see there's on that TV, word. There's right? That word, normal. Normal, yeah. exactly. That that deviating from this norm that society's created, and so in that, um, I think it's extremely powerful that you have. Now you have these all these mentors, beauty mentors online, right? It's just like there are YouTube bloggers that have taught me how to literally fill in my eyebrows, how to do my winged eyeliner, how to put on blush that will look good on my face, the color of blush that will look good on my face because it. I don't not want to get all dolled up. I just want to do it in the way that's going to accentuate my beauty the best mm-hmm. and that's going to be different from this quote-unquote normal that we've seen. And so... In that way, I think it's so empowering that women have the opportunity to, young women especially, have the opportunity to see these people. And, like, like I bring it back to that, like, my friends with hijabs and stuff. It's like they have the opportunity to see how, the, how to dress it up, how to still, not still, how to express themselves um, and their character also while, while also honoring their cultural character, right? right? And so like melting the two together. And so even just getting ideas and everything like that, I think that's so powerful. And then on the other end of that, like where there's all the negativity, where there's the low self-esteem, where there's that, I think that that opens up a huge opportunity to one, create community, and then two, to create dialogue between parents and between friends to communicate more effectively and honestly and with integrity. Because those insecurities, I feel like they're going to pop up regardless. Whether, you know what I mean? Like, and that's when it's like, okay, how much do I want to integrate with this? I actually think it's going to make this younger generation so much more self-aware and so much more on their own side because I see more women getting to the other side of this quote-unquote normal beauty standard that's been created than I see them being stuck on it. And that might be an idealistic view, but I really don't think it is. But do you think that's because there's enough variety? Oh, 100%. On social media where they can actually find themselves. They can find that one person Mm -hmm. that looks just like them. Yeah, I think 100% because you can go and you can find people... I felt this so much when I was go on my weight loss journey is that like at every stage of my weight loss, I was able to find an influencer who had a similar body shape to mine. And then I could see the way that they put clothes on. And then I wanted to dress myself that way or I learned how to like what parts of my body make my body like um, highlight my body the best and whatnot. But I didn't know that by looking at like um, the cookie cutter version of a model right yeah there's not too many of us out there that look like models I mean and they're beautiful and there's one of the most powerful things that you've ever told me is that you were like when uh, Rihanna had put out her her lingerie line you were like your first reaction was like oh my god I'm so happy for her and then I think you were kind of just mumbling to yourself and you're (laughs) like you know this is why did this is because all of the women around her are do not look like skinny models they are all a different looking type of women and she just honored every woman that she loves and I remember that so vividly I remember where we were in your room like in the doorway and I was just kind of showing you my phone like all right bro I'm gonna go and then like (laughs) you said that and I remember it sat with me and I was like that's so true everyone in her life doesn't look like what lingerie models look like, but why do they not deserve to feel sexy and empowered? Exactly. And um, 
Parker. I was super impressed with her, too. When she put out her fashion lines, mm -hmm. she did it from double zero or whatever all the way up to size 18 or 20 or whatever it is. She paid and the same price for everybody. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know what she's doing now with that line, but I was super impressed with that. Mm -hmm. Same price. Why? They used to charge bigger oh, clothes well, more? Well, yeah. Bigger clothes, you pay bigger price, mm -hmm. and you get less variety. Yeah. I remember when we were young, you always go to the store, and <laughs> they'd have this this weird material. And I'm like, why do you have no nice material? Yeah, I remember that. Like that actually, blend. But that, that also empowered me. Mm -hmm. It showed me that somebody, my daughter, and we're total opposites, you know, um, even in the way that we look. Um, even though people call you a mini-me sometimes. <laughs> um, it was really empowering to hear another woman, young girl, woman, say that and to validate. The way you like, felt. Like, why, why does the store carry such strange clothing? Yeah. Strange materials in that nobody else would actually wear. Yeah, and they're like... Ugly. They're ugly. They're yeah, they ugly. were ugly. They're, they're ugly. They're, like, they're let's just save all the ugly material <laughs> for what society has deemed ugly. Yeah. That's and I so remember sad. you used to say it's like, well, do they think people with a little extra weight or have whatever the word is, um, do they just think that you're all like, you know, like funny or something? Or do they think you're all just outrageous and like to dress like clowns or what is it? Yeah, because they were always such bright, bright like, colors. Like, oh, you're yeah. going to see me like <laughs> on the street. And it's like, you know, I just kind of want to wear black today, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All righty. Next question. What are some actions that you have taken or are taking to build and maintain your self-esteem? Actions that I take to build and maintain my self-esteem are, honestly, it, these actions have to happen every every single day. And I think that different um, mindfulness tools work at different times. And so it's just like, you know, I sometimes it's like just spending time with myself that allows me, like just going for a walk allows me to actually hear the thoughts in my head rather than have them race in my head. And it gives me an opportunity to like, um, decide whether I choose that thought or not. Even the understanding and consciousness to know that I can choose the thought that I feel. Affirmations about my body, like every single day I look in the mirror, look myself in the eyes in the mirror and I say, I really, really love you and I really, really love my body and appreciate my body. And that has taken me so far in my life. Like, you know how I used to feel about my body in no, comparison I do. to no. now. Yeah. Like, I used to hate my body. It's a process. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, I feel like I was taught to hate my body, and now I'm teaching myself to love my body. Like, I'm, like, reconnecting to my body. Mm -hmm. um, and then other things that I do is, like, I, re I really, truly treat my body as if it was... Um, if I wanted it to grow, like it, it's my baby. And so if my body's my baby, I want to make sure that I feed it nutritious food. I like, I still have fun and like, you know, go out and like eat like fried chicken and drink alcohol. But like for the majority of the time, I'm feeding a nutritious food because I know that like food is fuel for my body. When you really understand that your cells are comprised of like the food that you eat, it's like, oh, like I really am what I eat. You yeah. make most decisions from your gut. 
Yes, you right? do. Yeah, gut health is big. Yeah, so I think it's education has helped me um, have better self-esteem with my body and then also surrounding myself with people who love their body because that's taught me like, yo, your body's your body. Love it and own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. And you've inspired me a lot to, to do better. And you know how stubborn I am, so. Yeah, you like your pastries. Yeah, oh, I love my pastries. <laughs> I don't like my pastries. I love them. <laughs> Okay. Do you have a role model mentor that inspires you? Do I have one that is in my immediate life? I, I just like four, three, four people popped up. So I do have mentors in my, my life who I look up to when it comes to their bodies. But I would say that there's, I would say plus size, quote unquote, plus size models in the industry have been some of the most impactful mentors that I've ever seen and I truly believe that just because I don't know you on a one-to-one level doesn't mean that you can't be my mentor Mm -hmm. and there's like people like who have taught me there's people like that who have taught me that your body weight doesn't determine who you are like it it's your spirit she's taught me that it's like it's the spirit that you walk in with it's your character it's the way that you um own yourself it's the way that you show up for the things that you say that you want it's all these things that have nothing to do with my physical body and it's like learning that like even if I wanted you as like if I wanted this guy like I'm going to want your 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 spirit, your character, your values and then your body last. But we're taught to and it's 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 what you see first, right? But we're taught to like go from looks to then go into the inside. Yeah. But it's like anybody who I've truly fallen in love with, it's like all the inside stuff and the looks were just complimentary. They were the sugar on the cake. Yeah. 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 You got it. Why do you think so many Asian women struggle with body dissatisfaction? And how can we change this in the future? I think that Asian women in particular struggle with body satisfaction because they haven't seen their bodies presented in a healthy way. So if you look at Asian media, uh, Asian media was always geared to uh, complement American media. Right. So it was to to, the goal was always to be the American media mogul. Right. And so um, when you have that, even in your intimate, uh, like intimate media that's created for your own culture, it's always with that lens of like, how do I make this more Caucasian? And so that's really challenging. And then you don't see yourself. And then the only version of you see yourself is like that that biosymmetrical person that was handpicked out of your culture to be like the most like this uh, American standard of beauty, then you're like, okay, well, you're just reinforced. Like that is beauty, right? Like, yep. and so then I would say that like, honestly for myself, and I don't know if we're allowed to say names, so I'll say this in two ways, but like the show, mm. when certain TV shows came out online it was so empowering to see a woman who who was herself, who had flaws, but owned her flaws, who owned herself, who was so creative with her clothing. Like watching the certain shows has like reignited my passion for fashion, fashion. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like seeing those women on the screen just owning who they are, being um, sexually active, um, feeling beautiful, being called beautiful. And all of those elements made me feel like 
normal. Yeah. And being funny. And being funny and funny being fun and, fun and not being this like this ridiculous like side character. Yeah. You know, and to see that and then to see also like TV shows that have come out with younger Asian women on it, mm-hmm. like in their pub- pubescent state, it's like so cool because it's like at that age, that's probably when I felt the ugliest. Yeah. And that's the awkward stage is hard. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, for me as an adult to watch children go through it, I think it's cute, which obviously it isn't for that child because I'm a parent and I know that it's just a stage, you know, it's that stage where you might have the buck teeth or, you know, the baby fat or you haven't had whatever it is, whatever it is. So how can we change this in the future? I think the way that we change this in the future is that we continue to empower Asian creatives Mm -hmm. um, in order to get their content out. Because at the end of the day, like, I, I truly believe media is the medium that gets to the most people. And when you empower these people to tell these, when you empower Asian creatives to tell their stories and share stories of their friends and then include themselves in the representation and in the filming of those stories, then you give so many people uh, recognition. You give so many people the opportunity to feel seen. Yeah. And do you feel that, this is off course a bit, but do you feel like there is diversity now within the Asian community it's not so much about conforming to one way oh 100 and I think that that's something that's getting better and that's something that like can no longer not be accepted by mainstream media you know what yeah. I mean the thing that I love about being from Vancouver the most is the fact that I can tell a Chinese Japanese Korean person apart all right final question for Natasha Why do you think so many Asian women struggle with body dissatisfaction and how can we change this in the future? I feel like a lot of Asian women struggle with body dissatisfaction because of the way that Asian bodies are represented in media. Media is the one medium that will teach us so much beyond what our parents will teach us, our friends will teach us. And we think that that's the societal standard. And when it comes to Asian women, we are always, no, I don't want to say we are always anymore, but previously we were always put in a position where we were on the screen, but with a filter of wanting to be more Caucasian, even like all of those shows that were in India, right? Like it was the top leading actress was always, um, very light skin, very like Caucasian, very like trying to be like the best versions of these cultural ideals while at the st- same time trying to be this version that like the white man would like. And I think that we struggle with body dissatisfaction because like these images that we see out there are not what we look like. And it's like, oh, okay, well, I don't look like that. So I'm not enough. And this is simply not the case. And I think that this is where our social media has played such a pivotal role in us accepting ourselves is because we have all of these great influencers out there now who are owning their look and owning their differences and owning the their big eyes or small eyes and it's just like 
you see somebody else do that and own it, that you feel like you can do that and own it. And I think the way that we continue to change body dissatisfaction within Asian women is to one, know that we are inherently worthy enough of um, feeling beautiful and being beautiful, regardless whether we align with this like standard that North Americans have put on us as for beauty ideals. But at the same time, it's like, it's the worthiness thing. And then two, I think it's allowing yourself to be self-expressive with your body, with not just with what you wear, but truly like owning your body. If you think about the way that Asian people have been taught about, for instance, sex, it's like you have been taught to feel shameful about your desires and your body um, from a very young age. So it's like, it's on us to generationally change the way that we relate to our bodies in order for us to express our bodies in a healthy manner that's gonna be able to like create a future where we are all happy and satisfied with what we put out there. And I also think that like body dissatisfaction can be normal in a sense as well, in the sense that it's okay to want to have the best body of your, like the best body that you have. But I think the more education that we put into like, let's build a healthy vessel. Let's like feed our body with nutritional foods, high vibrational foods. Let's um, move our body so that we move our joints and that we move our energy. Let's um, satisfy our body by clearing our mental body, spiritual body. And when we learn that it's not just about what we look like when we are physical in the sense of in comparison to somebody in a magazine, then I think that we're able to holistically look at our body and we love what we have so much more. So our expression of that is very, very different. You've just listened to a special episode of the Pearls of Wisdom podcast by Gold D Collective. Thank you again to our mother-daughter duo for sharing their stories and, of course, to Dove and Refinery29 for supporting Asian storytelling. To check out more content from this series, go to coldtcollective.com slash self-service.